are in promoting. Piper. Piper Jansen. What's your angle? Small town girl makes a bed. This Christmas. She's here to promote her brand new Christmas cookbook. My Grammy Roses original recipes. I'm surprised you're saying original with all the allegations. Allegations? Looks like someone could use a little PR of their own. <laughs> to save her reputation. Not to brag, but I own a failing Christmas village in town. I'm here today because I'm actually going to help you free of charge. She'll have to work her magic. Did someone say save the day? I don't know what to say. You say thank you and we get started. It's Christmas time. The scarf will let people think they can trust you. They can trust me. Oh, that's the spirit. I need a miracle. Hi there, you must be delivering. I was told you needed a miracle. <sighs> While discovering the magic of Christmas. Wow, it's incredible. How is this possible? Oh, what can I say? I know how to turn things around. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry it's Christmas. It's different here. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Miracles come in all shapes and sizes. It takes a village. I have seen a lot of smiles in my life. It takes a whole lot of love to smile like that. To fall in love. A Christmas Village. Welcome back to another Stocking Stuffer. Uh, we are here yet again to tackle something that I think at one point aired on Hallmark. It's an older one, quote unquote. By older, I mean 2018, which is four years old, which in the dog years world of Cozy Cardigan Christmas means that it has gray hair now. Uh, that being said, maybe we liked it. Maybe we didn't. Who's the we I'm talking about? Well, let me introduce my special guest star. Uh, you know her from the cultural gutter. It is the one and only Carol Borden. Hello, Carol. Hello. Thank you for having me. I am delighted to have you. Uh, we had you a year ago-ish. Um, you introduced me to that wonderful mermaid movie. The lore, yeah. The lore. Oh, what a classic. Uh, and you were here for a stocking stuffer a few years back. I can't remember the name of the movie. It was one of the Rockies, Smokies, Mountains Christmases. Oh, yeah, it was like Christmas in the Smokies. What Something I mostly like remember is we talked a lot about Herzog. Yeah, that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he does not make an appearance in A Christmas Village. Uh, that is the movie we've got today. Uh, before we dive in, Carol, what is your general uh, stance, opinion, experience with Cozy Cardigan Christmas movies? Um, I, like some of them I find quite enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I am not a serious person, however, and I do not take them very seriously. Uh, also, I realized that I have this, like, did we talk about Most Wanted Santa last year? Did I watch that for you? You, I feel like you watched that on your own and told me about it. And you were okay. kind of, it was fascinating. What what I'm thinking about is like Most Wanted Santa is close to what I have realized I consider normal movies. And, <laughs> a Christmas and everything is relative. Go on. And, a, and most of these Christmas cozy cardigan movies are like their own effing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah at most have a slight overlap with what I can only call right now 
normal movies. I, I understand. Yeah. I, I think I do. Yeah. I, I think I need another category that like I recognize that's insulting and I don't necessarily mean that as an insult because I, mean, I, I, I enjoy the fringes of, of beyond the norm. I was going to say you're a genre fan. Um, yeah. I, I feel I do the same thing where um, I am somebody that goes by like the Roger Ebert school of Beverly Hills Chihuahua can be a three-star movie because the audience it is made for, that's a three-star mm-hmm. movie for them. Yeah, and if it accomplishes its own goals exactly. that it set for itself. Yes, and I can say that all, but fully also say A Christmas Village is a different type of movie than mm-hmm. Raging Bull. And yes. they are not necessarily in the same class in certain definitions of class, um, but do they? they are both doing... They both have goals. Um, yes. And how do they accomplish those goals? That That is... Yeah. yeah. I was I was going to say, I think that A Christmas Village is well within the realm of these kinds of movies. It's mm-hmm. like plop in the center. Yes, uh, I would agree. And as far as what it accomplishes in terms of uh, Cozy Cardigan Christian... Or, sorry, Christmas movies, um, I don't think it's on like the higher end. Okay. But I found many entertaining elements, and my sense of it is it it accomplished its own goal of getting this movie fucking done. (laughs) For as little money as can be, so that we can use the surplus to actually feed the crew. Yes. Yep. Um, You know, I'm similar, but I have uh, maybe a wild statement to make. I weirdly found myself very entertained by this movie. It's like a, for me, it's like like a donut of a movie mm, where like the center romance for me oh, was oh, largely oh, empty. Yes, and then there's yes. this like this donutiness of the many people who live in this village, the presence <laughs> of goats. <laughs> the existence of Santa Claus, maybe. The Santa Claus, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a dog. And- there's a, there's a horny TV host. The, the screenwriter plays a weird baker. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> so, and Oh, I enjoyed the really aggressive shelter lady who was getting rid of dogs by ambushing people <gasps> on that, that strange television loved show. Her. Was, yeah. Yeah, see, I loved it all that. Yeah. So but, this is, uh, to give a little background, this is um, the writing directing team. It's a team because mm-hmm. they have done many of these movies and mm-hmm. then in- a, mo- a more interesting movie aside from that. I was go- hoping we were going to oh, talk about that. we have to, yes. <laughs> this is directed by Justin, I'm assuming it's Justin Dyke, uh, D-Y-C-K. I don't know if it's uh, uh, Dyke or Dick. I assume Dyke, I, I assumed Dyke. Yeah. But I grew up in a... Uh, uh, Dutch American era area, so Dyke. so that's how you would pronounce exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Keith Cooper. This these guys. Um, it, th- there is definitely like, like I sometimes think of like, would I ever want to actually interview more directors who've done these movies? And like, there's really two sets of people that I would love to talk to. I would love to talk to Michael Pfeiffer, um, mm-hmm. who we've mentioned a few times on the show, and these guys. Because I think what they, what they're, uh, again, they have worked together on several things, several Christmas movies, a few of which I've seen. Uh, mm-hmm. One of which I did two years ago, I think, a, a puppy for Christmas. Not to be confused with The Twelve Pups of Christmas, which is directed by Michael Pfeiffer. But A Puppy for Christmas, I actually felt total. I could totally see, oh my god, of course it's the same team. Because it was a similar thing where same type of budget, same kind of 
uh okay guys we're making a movie don't forget attitude but also like weird spurts of humor um genuinely kind of enjoyable and also something and we'll we'll get into it when we go into the list but a surprisingly rounded lead who is more interesting than just a type Mm -hmm. um the thing that they have made that many probably like actual normal listeners have seen is the horror movie that's on shutter anything for Mm -hmm. jackson yeah did you see that no um yeah it was uh, it was available to me sort of when during festival season but Mm -hmm. i was seeing so many other movies for festival season that that one sort of slipped by me and i haven't caught up with all the things yet but it looked super interesting yeah i loved it um it's very much a horror movie like made for me because it Mm -hmm. is about old people and I love when old people are the villains <laughs> of a horror movie. And it's um, a lot of character actors, a lot of faces you recognize. It's very Canadian. Mm-hmm. And it's a story you haven't quite seen before. And it's winter, and that's used so well. And watching it just also was so rewarding, because I'm like, they know how to shoot in winter, because they have made mm. these movies. Like, yeah. And you can see that the, like, I am guessing Justin Dyke's passion is probably not Christmas movies. Yes. Uh, but he used them to, like, probably meet a lot of people, make a lot of contacts. Uh, he works with a lot of the same casts and things and make the connections he needs to make anything for Jackson. And then the next year, come back and make, you know, another Christmas movie. So I'm fine with it because I actually kind of like his Christmas movies. Well, and it's one of the things that was interesting to me, like, building on that is how how the like really low end film industry has changed, at least in Canada, because it used to be you made your cheap horror movies uh, that people loved for, for the same reasons that we're talking about loving these Christmas Mm -hmm. movies where like maybe, or maybe not they're you know, super successful, successful in their own goals, but they often would have an interesting idea, um, a weirdly uncanny horror movie, movie moment because of <laughs> low budget practical effects great lines or whatever and then people would go on and build their career someone else but now there's mm-hmm. like this level of we make really cheap christmas movies and on one hand it provides actors with really solid consistent work mm-hmm. in the year and on the other hand it's like oh well this is where we get our start in filmmaking and then we make yeah. our indie horror movie and then maybe we move on to something else from that yeah which I mean, is, it, wow. It sounds a little bit like when directors talk about directing for television versus directing film mm. and how it's very much a for hire job, but they walk into a machine, right? Yeah. That there are deadlines. You can't, you know, you can't get, you can get creative, but you need to, but you still need to get all your shots in this day. And yeah. there's something very, I don't know, I'm, I'm somebody that like, I, I realize like the older I get that my like I'm creative but I work so much better with guidelines and it's probably very similar for a lot of these directors that it forces a certain training to you to know how to get the right lighting quickly how to get a child actor to do something that when you need them to and you don't have the time or budget to waste on it it's it's a good training I, I really like your point about how like they've learned how to shoot in winter now. And now I'm yeah. like really looking forward to even more like, like there's been like this spurt of cool winter horror yeah. genre movies and like, Oh yay, Looking yeah. forward to that. <laughs> so why don't we talk about the story of a Christmas village? Um, and for those of you at home, this 
it's it, I guess it's Hallmark. It feels like one that wasn't made by Hallmark, but was probably no. aired on, probably purchased by Hallmark because it. You look at the production companies, and it's not Hallmark. Uh, and nicely it, something or other. Yeah, and like the, it's clearly a very a very low budget. Uh, mm-hmm. It is on Peacock currently, so if you have access to Peacock, then you can watch Christmas Village. Uh, you want to give kind of Carol a rough synopsis of the story. Uh, There was a part I wanted to ask you about, but I will start my synopsis first. Okay. So there is a woman, Piper, and she does some kind of Christmas book um, series, but also she improves other people's companies. And she meets this guy, Tim. Is it Tim? It's Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of thoughts about Tim. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Tim might not be well or all there. There's a lot of, like, I lived in Ontario for quite a while, and there's a lot of Ontario going on in their relationship, I think. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but uh, she's, like, very efficient and very officious, but both of these things, uh, like, her officiousness is, like, to the benefit of Tim because Tim is running a failing festival, like, Christmas festival village where you can, like... Is he even running it? I don't <laughs> like... know. I don't. Like, he doesn't charge people to come to it. He yeah. doesn't actually take care of it. I think he just Maybe lives the there. goats run it. I don't Maybe. know. That makes more sense. He and he he has an abusive Santa that he lets run around. Yes, he does. But what? And they they meet on this strange television show. Yeah, it's like a Good Morning America local show, but it's very confusing where the show is. Yeah, it's it's. You know what it reminded me? It was like in the lobby of a small community center. Mm. Um, and there didn't seem to be any cameras. I... <laughs> oh my God, you're right. There were no cameras. And there's a really entertaining um, <laughs> audience, like audience reaction track. Like, <laughs> you, yes. It, we never see any audience. We numbers. do not. Um, there's a lot of passive aggression that just like f- like flips on and off between passive aggression and support, but yeah. somehow, and it wasn't clear to me how this happened, but Piper claims that she has an email from Tim's kids to come and fix his festival village, and yeah. she'll get a book out of it. Because Piper gets gets caught up, and Piper's releasing a cookbook of her grandma's recipes. Yes. And she thinks she's going on, like, doing a fluff piece for, like, a Regis and Kelly, but, you know, in, like, the boondocks. Mm-hmm. And instead, the interviewer then kind of brings up this thing that Piper didn't know was going on, which is, oh, you know that one of your former employees is saying you stole his recipes. Yes. Uh, so Piper, being a good PR person, spins it and immediately is like, oh, actually, um, we'll talk about that later. I'm here because this guy's kids ah, wrote to me. okay. Yeah, so there's a, a good, like, she's a she's a, a, a very good at her job. She has so good So she instincts. just straight up lied then. Yes. Because I knew that the kids hadn't sent the letter. So then mm-hmm. I was like, well, where is this coming from? Because I got distracted in the beginning by the strange television show. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable, 100%. I didn't think strange... to look for the cameras. That is a – have you ever done that where um... – like you've record, like uh, you've recorded a podcast, or like you were doing, I don't know, like a, some kind of thing that was supposed to be recorded, and you do the whole thing, and then people are watching, and then like you realize, oh, we didn't actually record, and there's a really weird moment when you're like, <laughs> I just entertained you. It, there, there's something like very uncomfortable about that. And that now, now this whole thing is getting weird. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, so the kids did not, so she pretends the kids wrote a letter. Tim doesn't get it. Tim's like, oh, my kids wrote you a letter even though they just met you today? Yeah, I can see how he was fooled because, like, I was initially fooled and then there was no explanation other than it turned out there wasn't a letter. And, and Tim was strangely okay with that, but Tim was, like, very passive. I don't think Tim's, I think Tim had, like, a head injury. That... You no, know, I saw, I was doing, when I was doing my research... I saw a series of very entertaining reviews on Letterboxd, and one of them did suggest that perhaps Tim had brain damage. Uh, yeah, and you get that sense. Like, he just never seems to process things quickly. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's good that he lives in a place that's supportive for the skills and, <laughs> yes. and stuff that, it, the, that everyone in his weird village has. Indeed. And <laughs> their skills are Christmas. Yeah, and what was interesting, to, like... I was surprised that they kept pivoting back to this cookie recipe lawsuit thing because it really seemed like they spent a lot of time mm-hmm. on her fixing the festival village, but she was like, she just had it fixed. There was no tension. Just fix, fix, fix. It's all fixed. And I appreciated that while I personally would find her very difficult as a human being, um, she did read as a real person and the movie liked her enough that they were like, sure, other people might consider her like a control freak. But in this world, she's extremely helpful to Tim. Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of a Christmas angel in this movie. <laughs> like, I know yeah. Piper's supposed to be the lead in need of a lesson, but she is actually the hero of this movie. Yeah, well, and she is. She's yeah. the, she is actually the hero. She's actually the love interest. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm busy watching Kenny and the strange shelter lady, and yeah. the woman who runs the bed and breakfast. Oh and... my god, there's so many great supporting characters here, uh, and that's so. We'll go into it because I mean that's the plot. They uh, at one point she's gonna go. She's gonna leave the Christmas village, which she has completely turned around. Um, mm-hmm. in part because she she discovered Santa Claus was an Uber driver and they hired yes. him and that's great. I was really hoping. I mean, they never said he wasn't. They never so. said he wasn't. I'm holding true that he was. Yeah. Um, she is going to leave town because she thinks it's like she she thinks that this lawsuit that's coming out is going to be bad press now for the Christmas Village. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the airport to leave. He goes to the airport to find her. The plane already left, but, like, she just didn't get out. Even that's a weird scene where, they're, like, their tension just is in the wrong place, kind of. Yeah, uh, they walk towards each other very slowly. Yes! Again, head injury. Like, the level of self-consciousness was, on one hand, <laughs> like, really high for a movie, and on the other hand, very true to real life. Well, like, because he's at the airport. Because there's a, So there's a dog. We should mention mm, the dog. Um, a wonderful, a very good boy uh, named Archie, who is saddled on her in a wonderful move by uh, this woman that just keeps showing up and she works for the shelter, <laughs> and she just keeps finding ways to get rid of her shelter dogs to people. And it, it's, I-, I love that she embarrasses them on television, so they have to take the dog. It's brilliant! It's bril- brilliant moves. Um, it's probably very unethical, but it, I'm sorry. No, please. It, part of what's brilliant is they actually set this in Ontario. And if they had set it in any place in the United States, like I think even here in the Midwest, a person would either take the dog on the TV and then give it back (laughs) or like that would be the most polite Midwestern way to do it. But I think everybody else would be like, no, you did. I'm not fucking doing this. I don't I don't have a license. I don't I don't have room. But in Ontario, she can embarrass them into doing it. And yeah, and, and Piper's like, well, I guess I have a dog now. I'm I traveling. Have... I don't even have a place to put him, but I guess I have a dog because I have to. I'm Canadian. 
Yeah, and I thought she was going to give it to Tim and his kids because they seemed much more capable of taking care of animals. But she kept it. Yeah, no, there is honor to Canada. Who knew? I mean, I guess everybody knew, but (laughs) yeah. But like the the dog, so like <laughs> they get she's at the he's at the airport looking for her and he thinks she's left already and he's very sad and he turns around yeah. very slowly, and then the dog starts walking toward the dog barks first of all there's no other sound at the airport, and the dog <laughs> barks and he doesn't hear it somehow again head injury, and eventually the dog walks over to him and after again this is like a two minute scene of him finally looking down, and seeing the dog. And slowly petting the dog and then saying, wait, Archie, why are you here? And then realizing she's here too. But like, even that was such a like, you know, and I I don't know. It's kind of um, reminds me of like Arrested Development when uh, the third season, when um, uh, uh, Michael is dating Charlize Theron and he thinks she's quirky, but she actually like it has some learning uh, brain disability like she's not mm-hmm. all there um th- I think that might be the case with this guy yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think they complement each other very well yeah I suppose because because I was concerned about her take like on the on her side and her her uh difficulties I was concerned about her taking care of Archie mm, like yeah. I was like I don't know that this woman Same. could take care of a dog and then like there he is, taking care of her dog. We're getting <laughs> that works. food. We're taking, and clearly Archie was very well trained. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And uh, as an, and as an aside, I did enjoy how you could always see Archie looking for their trainer. <laughs> well, that was also true of the child actors in this movie. So. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into uh, what we what we look for in these. So number one is our female lead in need of a lesson. Uh, we've talked a lot about Piper. Um, Piper is played by what is this actress's name? Because I actually Madeline really Leon. liked her. Yeah, I liked her. Mm-hmm. Yep, she was a very believable person. Yeah, I, I think she found, and this is both her and the the writing. She is a very, and again, like there is these guys. These guys are smart. Um, mm-hmm. There is a lot of um, kind of wink, wink, but but it's wink, wink in a way that isn't talking down to the material i feel like it's there mm-hmm. so that people that maybe are watching these a little ironically can be like oh i saw it okay i get it i get it um yeah. but to anybody else like no no no, like she's presented as a career woman um mm-hmm. you know but but she's sassy and she's quick um yeah yeah i i uh, you know how, how i think that the lesson was like and it wasn't very heavy handed because a lot of these can be very heavy handed, oh, particularly yeah. when it's like learning to appreciate the value of Christmas. Because yes. that and I appreciate that rather than learning not to be um, be herself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. She, instead, she can be herself in this context where it's helpful. Yep. Um, which I hope we all achieve one day when we get to be ourselves and be helpful. <laughs> and find a great partner with brain damage. <laughs> yeah, if, if that's helpful to us yeah. and helpful to them. But um, I lost my thought. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. The There are some lines that are very funny. Mm. Um, at at one point, I think it's I think it's Tim who says to her, like, well, I know you're not into happiness or anything that comes with joy. Like <laughs> Which is such an obvious yes. line, but it's one that yes. normally you don't have that line. You have the a very close version of that line. But like in this movie, it's a character actually says, well, I know you don't like to be happy. <laughs> like, that's yes. funny. 
Yeah, but you know, it turned out she did. It's yeah. just certain ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even I her, like, yeah. I liked, is Santa stripping for business or pleasure? <laughs> yes. Let's see. Now, number two is our setting, which is either a big bad city, a charming small town, or a magical winter wonderland. Uh, now, the town's name is Winter Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't catch it. You, they actually say they're in Canada. I'm pretty sure they did, yeah. Okay, fascinating. How about that? Uh, the town is often described, like, Piper is describing the town out loud to her to her sister a lot. And she says, um, uh, you know, it's weird. Everybody holds the door for you, even when you're far away. Yeah. And her sister's like, you should test it out and see how long they'll hold it for you. <laughs> She's like, I did. They held it for a long time. Again, like, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, and sister. I do too. There's um the sassy Santa uh who is bragging about the town. And do you think there really is a Guinness World Book of World Records entry for the town um that has that has the most people not leaving it? Was kind of what he was trying to say. Maybe. Yeah. It, and we have two Santas mm-hmm. that are we have like and they're oh, both yes. drivers. Yeah. Oh, oh, that makes sense because Santa drives a sleigh. You know, I sort of remembered what I was going to, I wanted to ask you about because there was like a period before we get the guy who might really be Santa Mm -hmm. where she and her sister are talking about some kind of Christmas trauma that affected their mom and why they don't like Christmas. And I was kind of hoping that it would turn out to be that they were Santa's kids <gasps> and that their oh. mom was Mrs. Claus and they had been divorced. Oh, my God. You just wrote the greatest movie of all time. Thank you. Like a marriage story, but as a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, I want it right now. Stop everything. We're going to stop recording right now so that Carol can go write the screenplay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to um, email it. We're going to tweet it at um, Justin Dyke and see if we can get this going. I'm in. But you know how we can work it with this because, like, maybe they didn't know their dad. That's and true. so when, like, Santa shows up as the Uber driver. Like, that's why there's a connection right away. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's coming to help them out. I mean, wow. I, I love it. Um, Man. Okay. Mind is blown. Sorry. Uh, I... that, that's okay. Back on track. If I can manage to stay on track. <laughs> Our, our bland love interest, uh, which is often a widowed dad who works with his hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, what yeah. do we have here? A widowed dad who who works with his hands Indeed. and, and uh, <laughs> the, does farmy things, too. Yeah, kind of. Right? He What does he do? He loses goats. Yeah, but they're alive. True, true. That is true. Like, both his kids, like, all his kids, haha, are alive. <laughs> so that we know of. <laughs> The uh, oh. he has a great moment. So early on, like it's it's pretty quick that Piper is like kind of warming to him, and they're like walking around outside, and the kids are playing, and they're having like a, a cute moment. And the kids run by and like make their make them hold hands, mm-hmm. and the dad's like, "Oh, I'm sorry about that. Like I'm I'm embarrassed." And he has this line: "Ever since they started watching Christmas movies, they think I need a wife." <laughs> Again, like a real Hallmark movie doesn't write that line, but but these no. guys do, and it was wonderful. And, and you can tell these guys are writing a lot of them, and mm-hmm. they're doing what they can to get their own entertainment out Definitely. of doing them. Definitely. Uh, so, and Tim was an architectural engineer, but he, he you know, and he worked in the big city. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and when he uh, has like the moment of like telling Piper that he loves her. Uh, <laughs> 
this moment also is very funny to me. He says to her, I can't exactly give you the big city life, theater, fine dining. <laughs> like that's that's what the big city life is, folks. Every night, every night. I mean, theater I, and fine dining. Theater, fine dining. I live in Yonkers now, so technically I'm not in the big bad city. Um, but the, you know, however many, 15 years I lived in Manhattan, I can tell you, it was either or every night, theater or fine dining. Good job. Indeed. Same here. Uh, and what did you think of Tim's hair? Did it bother you? It made me very uncomfortable. I was confused when she was telling them that she needed to get his hair out of his eyes because his hair was not long enough to be in his eyes. No, but there was something really, like, off-putting about it. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like, it, it's a little too long, but mm-hmm. not long enough. Like, it, I don't know. It does weird movements. It, it parts weird, <laughs> right? Like, he could very easily have done the mushroom part with his hair. Like, that's how long it was. But I don't know. It just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I get creeped out I'm by weird sorry. things. What can I say? I, I was looking at his shirts a lot because he was wearing – they were doing the red-green thing, right? Oh, completely. And, so many. And <sighs> – she was in white and red for a long time till she started to feel Christmassy and she changed, she started wearing like a red, red jacket. Mm, okay. Uh, but they were like, it was white, white and that bright Christmassy red when she changed to red. Yes. Yes. But he kept wearing like this hunter green yep. for a long time. And so I was watching the, his subtle gradations of increasing <laughs> greenness so much ah. that I think I did not pay enough attention to his hair. Well, good for you. I envy <laughs> your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> now, number four is the montage, which we didn't really get any, I don't think. I feel like the plot that initially I was watching as the A plot, which was not, was kind of the montage. Mm. Because I think I think all the work she did on the uh, Festival Village yep. or Christmas Village, I think counts as a montage because there was no tension there. There was no problems yeah. that she was solving and it no real specifics either it yeah. was very just like suddenly one every other scene was a moment of like look the, the village is doing great now there are people mm-hmm. but it was yeah. very like aside from having gone on tv and then brought in it bringing in a new santa like what did they actually do to this place yeah and it seemed like like uh you know the first night she's at the bed and breakfast and she finds it far too Christmassy in her bedroom which i kind of don't blame her for because it was filled with twinkle lights <laughs> what's what when um like she's like I'm gonna go to sleep and my husband walked in at that exact moment he's like does How? everybody like, exactly he's like but is she gonna turn a light off or take her makeup <laughs> off I'm like no no you do not do either of those things in a Christmas movie no she got out of bed and God knows what she, and I assume what she did is every night she snuck out of bed and magically fixed the village oh and then kind she of, to- yeah. told us the next morning what she'd done like oh I found people from a community theater or. You know, uh, it makes sense because she couldn't sleep in that room. There were too no, many lights. So just no. whatever. Okay, I just don't sleep anymore. And she does seem like a woman who suffers from insomnia. So. I gather that she is kind of just a very productive, like one of those like, oh, I get three three hours of sleep a night and I'm good. Like that yeah. kind of thing. Because I'm up at three to do my Pilates yeah. and then at four to go over the numbers and all that. Yeah, and, and Tim's going to help her be like, you know, you need to get more sleep. Right, you need to get four hours. That's right. Let's see. Now, number five is our dead parents or dead wife. Uh, obviously. Wife. Yeah, we have a dead wife. We don't really know much about her, right? Like, do we know how she died? Do we think Tim murdered her? Do we think she died in the oh. accident that damaged Tim's brain? 
Oh man, maybe mm. yeah. There was like some sort of accident at the architectural firm in the big bad city. Mm-hmm. Like maybe yeah. a falling I beam, and he tried to save her while they were fine dining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was like the grand opening yeah. of some it, of our American area. cousin. They were going to go to the theater that night. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. He took a shortcut through the alley by his building that he had just built, <laughs> or they had built together. <gasps> oh, I like and- it the i-beam collapsed yeah and, and it was his her, design but... that did it yeah mm-hmm. but okay. she saved him oh oh i like that yeah we, we also get a couple of dead grandparents um because mm-hmm. grandma is very important in the story because we don't like you said we don't get a dead dad we get a mention of a mother who's alive um we get that dad didn't dad leave them on christmas eve was that it or was yeah. that a different movie I watched? I, th- I, also I, had a I think dad. maybe. Okay. Um, I but I assume he had to go work. So okay. Mm-hmm. And we get a dead grandma. So which grandmas have been around a lot this this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, and then our sassy sidekick, woo boy, woo boy. I say so we have many. many. <laughs> uh, throw them out at me. Who who'd you like? Who who'd you spot? What do we got? Uh, I liked her sister, although okay. in comparison, like in a regular-ish uh, or like a higher budget Christmas mm-hmm. movie, I think that she would count as the sassy sidekick. Yeah. But we have so much local color in this town. Yes, we do. Um, so we've, we've talked about the shelter lady who ambushes people when they're on TV to give them dogs. Mm-hmm. Love her. And I love how <laughs> she's very... Um... Like, she's aware of it. Like, she says to Piper, because Piper's spinning the story with a PR spin. And mm-hmm. she says to her, she's like, I can do this too, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love yes. it. Uh, oh. That's her. There is. Um, I liked the baker a lot. I wish there were more <laughs> the Kenny. The baker was great. Kenny, um, again, played by, which is the actor's, the, it's the writer's name. Um, um, was it Keith or Kenny? Because I, I feel like it's. Was Keith, Nate, Cooper. Keith, Keith Cooper. Okay. Um, and he's just insane. And like, they just go with it and it works. And I found yeah, it I very funny. I want to see his movie. Like, Completely. I would watch, like, I would watch all these side, sassy, yeah. local color characters. Um, there is also, again, we have Archie the Good Boy Dog, kind of a collie mix who's very well behaved. I wanted uh, more goats. More goats. We needed more yeah, goats. Yeah, we never really got to see the goats. And goats are very cute. And we even had a conversation where they talked about what, what goats are. <laughs> You're right. Yes, the Christmas goats. There is, uh, so Millie is the name of the innkeeper mm-hmm. who is British, so. right? Or some form of, of, of that yeah. area of the world? I think she was British, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, we we cannot forget the other um, best character in this movie. Hi. Uh, hi, Andy. You don't know me. I'm Luke. I'm a friend of Tim's who Piper is helping. Yes. Yes. Oh, this is great. So Tim's best friend Luke uh is going to help out because he, he this is and this was this was when I was like very like oh the, like I've had this a lot with these movies this season where like there's been that one line that has like confirmed for me that I was watching something that was made with a little bit more um spunk. Mm-hmm. And uh they talk about how they need a photographer to take new pictures for the Christmas village. Mm-hmm. And Tim says, like, oh, I'll call, I'll call my friend Luke. And Luke shows up, and Luke takes pictures, and, you know, um, Piper's like, oh, like, it's really nice of you to do this. Like, uh, you know, you sure, like, we, we don't have to pay you? He's like, no, 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 I, I love doing this. Um, it's just, it's such a breath, breath of fresh air from what I normally do. <laughs> and she says, uh, oh, what, what kind of photographer are you? 
And he says, did you catch it? Yeah, he's a crime scene photographer. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I, I do forensic photos. And yeah, forensic the, photos. And then the best thing, it doesn't end there. Tim says, show her some of your work. <laughs> yes, and he <laughs> keeps trying great. to do that throughout. He does. And then, like, throughout the movie, it keeps coming up, and it made me yeah. very happy. And I wanted to see his romance with Andy. I love that. The, I love when um, a movie has a B-plot romance. Yeah, uh, because they just don't always think it's worth it, and it always to me is very rewarding because it just fleshes everything out. And yeah, him and Andy, who have been talking on the phone, just are immediately smitten with each other, and they meet mm-hmm. in real life, and like they're two hot people, so they're gonna, you know, mm-hmm. it's gonna work out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, they both have a sense of humor, which mm-hmm. I think is very helpful, Definitely. especially when you know you're in forensics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I and- am fascinated though uh, that this town has a. Um, forensic photographer like oh. and is it because it's a small town and small towns on one hand are full mm-hmm. of cozy christmas romance and on the other hand are full of murder of lifetime murders yeah. um i so two theories there one is the the ongoing theory i have that every single christmas movie if you changed the music and took out the christmas decorations it is a lifetime horror movie so there's mm. that uh but the other part of that is I think Winter's Ridge is basically the Canadian Cabot Cove. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. Like, why would this town need a forensic photographer? How many people die in this town? Oh, they yeah. don't. Well, one dies every week until our most beloved citizen, Millie the innkeeper, goes out of town. <laughs> and then somebody <laughs> dies where she goes. So this this is actually the reboot of Murder, She Wrote that we, we didn't get. Yeah. I was disappointed that uh, like obviously they decided that Millie would be paired up with Jack because you know she's she's middle aged and Jack. <laughs> but um, I wish that if they had made her well because they made her Mrs. Claus, mm-hmm. I wish that they had kept it in character and made her a more rockabilly Mrs. Claus. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yep. Let's see now. Number seven is our villain. Um, usually an evil woman or a male boss, typically. Um, mm-hmm. In this case, we do we have a villainous character. Do you do you remember who that would be? I'd say we have like one and a half. Okay. Um, so the main one is that Brock guy yes. who has stolen her grandma's cookies, mm-hmm. which is easy to forget about in this movie because <laughs> the she movie sp- keeps it spends so much time in the festival village and all the stuff relating to her being sued. Uh, by a company that sees the recipes for her grandma's cookies takes place basically on the phone. Yeah, like on a green um, screen Hawaiian set or something. Yeah, and he and with some really interesting toupees and Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I was really trying to figure out what they were going with there, but whatever, it worked. If uh, I think they were going for American <laughs> and, and possibly probably New Yorker, I'm okay. sorry to say, That's from my fair. experience having lived there. <laughs> Um, but I, I would say the half villain is angry Scottish Santa. Yeah, we do briefly get angry Scottish Santa, angry Scottish Santa, uh, <laughs> who is just like, do you, what do you think the story there? Like he was definitely like the Tim's bully in high school, right? And yeah. Tim just still never could stand up to him and still doesn't yeah. until Andy's, uh, not Andy, um, Piper is finally like, no, you're fired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am interested that he engaged in some self-examination on his own because we don't see what transforms him. Know. So he just he he maybe Santa was just a bad situation for him, and now Possibly. that he's not, 
you know, maybe he doesn't get along with kids or maybe mm-hmm. it's just been too long and he wants yeah. to wear a different suit. <laughs> but he comes around and, and by the end he is like giving some very sage advice. Yeah. Oh. And waiting very patiently while they meet cute at the airport. Yeah. Like it's this town does things to people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the number. Oh, and the, we should say, uh, the whole, if you're wondering how the whole plagiarism of cookie recipes plays out, the movie kind of doesn't really care, but they do eventually resolve it. Mm-hmm. And in a very funny way, it yeah. turns out um, it's not that this guy stole her grandmother's cookies. He did, but it doesn't matter because the grandmother's recipes were public domain from cookbooks that everybody in the world had in the 1800s. Right? Yeah. I enjoy how dismissive Kenny the baker is of her recipes. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, no, everybody knows her uh, recipe. They're all, yeah, they're all basic. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So number eight is slapstick, which... I thought we were going to have a lot more because there's a dog. Yeah. And we have like city girl in the country and it opens with, you know, there's like garland falling on her and you think it's going to go there. But I, I didn't really clock much more after that. No. And there's goats. There are goats. I know I'm obsessed with the goats, but, but I mean, they're goats. goats they're right goats. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I think they didn't have enough money for the slapstick. Like, honestly. Yeah. They couldn't risk somebody actually twisting their ankle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it was really snowy, so yeah. and really slick. So. Yeah. so, number nine is our sage old person, which I think in this case just flows right into number ten, which is Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, Santa Claus is sage and does give important advice here. Yes. Um, and the other uh, great thing about Santa is there's like a couple of like again very funny lines around this Santa. Mm-hmm. Because Santa shows up, he's the Uber driver, and like he gets out of the car, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, it's Santa Claus!" He's like, "Yeah, I am. I'll be your Santa now. Great." Yeah. And immediately, um, Piper is like, "Oh my God, he's great!" and looks at Tim, and she's like, "Don't worry, I I, I did a background check." Yeah. And Tim says, "I wondered. I was trying to figure out how to ask that tactfully." Yes. He's like, "We know what the audience is thinking." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and then, like, similarly, at one point, uh, she goes back on the talk show uh, to now promote the, the village. It's it's in full swing, so she's there to talk about it. And the same interviewer who was trying to, like, grill her earlier is now, like, into it in, like, good positive mode. And she has a line yeah. where she says, like, maybe I'll take Santa's lap for a test drive. <laughs> and then yep. immediately she's like, oh, my God, I heard how that sounded. <laughs> There's also Jack apparently has experience with farm animals. Yes, that's right. He's the one that saves the goats. Yes. Yes. Good for him. I hope he does get to bang Millie. Yes. Let's see. All right. So those are our 10. We have most of them. Uh, And then next is our bonus round. So some of the things we look for. Um, Lots of public domain holiday songs. Uh, There's a fair amount. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of We Wish You Merry Christmases, lots of Deck the Halls's. Um, nothing that really stuck out for me. No, though. yeah, there, there's a busker singing Deck the Halls, which you think, like, yeah. oh, this guy's gonna get used again, and he does, right? He comes back for the performance at the village, yep. And in, in, he has like an unusual Christmas themed jacket, slash, uh. I, I don't know, like hoodie this. or something. Okay. Um, he ha- he has one that is white with black buttons, like a snowman's top <gasps> or like Bonhomme. But yeah. but they don't complete the look with any kind of hat. But of course, 
budget. So. Uh, and also their fear of infringing on Frosty. Because ah, Frosty yeah. is not public domain. You gotta pay big bucks for that. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious too, like how much of their own clothing and stuff they were wearing for this. <laughs> all of it, probably. Yeah. Or definitely recycled. Like I'm pretty sure yeah. all of the coats Piper wears have been worn in several other movies. Yes. Um, there's one other like musical moment that doesn't otherwise uh, fall in here, and it was I don't think it was Christmas music, but can we talk about the breakdancing elf? Yes, we love the elf. Yes. There's an elf, I, and he breaks. I wish we got more at the same. same time that I appreciate that we never really know what his deal is. <laughs> we do not. And we don't know. I don't think we ever find out what his name is. Uh, I also don't think we do. And I, uh, I enjoyed his background business with Angry Scottish Santa, who was his initial boss, because Angry Scottish Santa ran both the only Santa business in town yep. and the only, uh, uh, like, uh, elf impersonator or whatever business in town <laughs> and this elf chooses jack the good santa over angry scottish santa yes but um, yeah he has a, a break dancing scene yes with the busker and he has some real moves like i, I yeah. think they were like yeah let's he has real moves but at the same time i think it was difficult for him to do in his elf costume <laughs> and in the snow which very completely legit sure so they did some cutting that i associate with um trying to make fights look better in this case they, <laughs> they did the cuts away where oh the audience is reacting to yes, a good move, yes. and then they cut back and it's a decent move but yeah not, probably not what he is capable of mm -hmm. uh mark Ebsede is the actor and he's credited as elf number one mm -hmm. though i don't remember an elf number two in this movie um, and then let's see up next, uh, is our secret family recipe. Grammys. Grammys, not, not so not secret, secret cookies, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. And they mention others, but it's, it's really just that. So, oh, and, uh, there is a secret recipe revealed in this movie of the actual, uh, first time bubblegum was invented. Ah, right. That, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Kenny's great uncle. Um, he claims invented bubblegum from like you know uh, tree sap. Uh, <laughs> yes, but it actually is poisonous. Don't do it. Is <laughs> then what he warns us. <laughs> yes. Again, like genuinely, like I actually chuckled at that out loud, audibly. Mm -hmm. uh, small business in danger is the next thing, and you know yep. this little North Pole. Um, surprisingly isn't making money, which is weird for a business that doesn't actually charge anybody anything. Yeah. And she was really, um, cons I watched this with Beth Watkins who from hey. the gutter and Beth loves Bollywood. And she pointed out that it was weird to her that they were really focused on having a quality website <laughs> when, um, what she looks for in a Christmas village website is just like, the address and the phone number to go there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> one does not need a flashy website. In you fact, don't, one you might don't need be a Adobe little or a JavaScript. What? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he does acknowledge that, like, when they talk about like how he doesn't charge for pictures with Santa Claus, and he does at one point say, mm -hmm. like, maybe that's why I'm failing as a business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one reason. Yeah. Um, no product placement that I caught. But number five is our cloying child. So we have two children in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, Declan and what's the little girl's name? 
it's a little girl, little boy. The little boy only has one movie to his credit, and it is this one. Um, the little girl, I think, has like grown up to actually act. Uh, Paige was that her name? Um, she, I think you know, so. yeah, that she, right. she has grown up and continued has has quite a few credits still. Um, curious, just how you felt about them as kids, as characters? Um, they were they were very realistic kids. Like it was, it, it they usually try for something more angelic in some of these movies. Mm, yeah, um, and they were just like kid kids true um and i i appreciated that they sort of just like ran around doing whatever they were doing in some sort of separate entirely different movie with archie <laughs> yes. and probably the goats yeah yeah like I, they may now that we're saying it i'm kind of thinking like in another era they would be the twins in the vivich like there's <laughs> definitely something that like if they were to to find a necronomicon bad things would happen Oh my god. Right? Oh my god. Because yeah. it's it's like angry Scottish Santa was saying that no one ever leaves. <gasps> oh yeah. And that that's why they're sense. driving so slowly on that road leaving mm-hmm. and like walking so slowly in the airport because you can't leave. Yeah. Oof. And it could be all these kids. Like or they're they're like the two yeah. kids on that, the the Buffy episode where yeah. like it's Hansel and Gretel but it's not. Like they're just actually a demon yeah. that tricks people. Yeah. No, there was something ominous about them. That's why you stay in a big bad city. Yeah. You you might get crushed by a beam uh while dining at a theater, but it's still you're not gonna get sacrificed to a demon. No. Uh I guess we did not have any holiday themed names. Um, that I caught, right? Like, no, that was unusual. Yeah, it seemed like it would have been an easy win for them. Um, no finding the perfect tree storyline. We get, we have an ornament. And he's like, my kids made this ornament for you. I know you're probably going to throw it away, but please don't do that until like after you walk away from them. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) this woman's not a monster. She's not going to like burn this thing that your kids put time into. Um... No elaborate holiday cocktails. Empty coffee cup acting. I don't know that I really clocked any in this movie. I don't think they uh... really stuck out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And the next thing, um, one of my favorites, is actors who are trying very hard to not actually take a bite of food on camera. And I would say this is another one of those movies. Sometimes the lower the budget, the more that doesn't happen. Because the more you get the sense that it's the only thing that's feeding the cast. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think they ate. <laughs> uh, Kenny did. I mean, Kenny ate cookies a couple of times. Yes. But yeah, they, well, I mean, re- you know what though? Remember, we're in a small town. There's no such thing as fine dining. No, you're or right. Or theater. I mean, really. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then number 11 is Canadianisms. I'm sorry. Did you catch any Canadianisms? <laughs> Oh boy, uh, are you re- uh, remarking on their accents? Oh, there, there was a just a, a you know maybe oh. maybe a, we should talk about that a little bit. <laughs> just a few. Um, I think yeah, they, Luke they had the, the deepest. No, they were not. Uh, which I I kind of appreciate that. And again, I didn't yeah. catch them say it was Canada, but now that they did, um, I appreciate just how Canadians some of the more like. Because you're right, if these people have never left this town, then they should have really thick accents, like Luke. Yep, they they have their accents, yeah. yeah. I, that, and, you know, 
maybe I'm imagining that they said that and just because they were being so Canadian and sounding so Canadian and not high, trying to sound mm-hmm. American or talk about like, <laughs> we're going to New York tomorrow. Okay, it, I will it be It is returning. 12 kilometers away, eh? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. Uh, it then... was in Canada. That was Canada, so that's the Canadian. 100%, <laughs> yes. Uh, and the last thing is the warm weather watch, which, you know, does it look, actually look like it is winter? Yes, it, it looks like yeah. it's winter. Yeah, there is snow. That opening montage is all about, like, shoveling snow and prepping for things. And yeah, Oh, my it, God. It, it, they, I could see their breath yeah. when they were supposedly in the cabin. And I'm like, are they letting <laughs> it deliberately be cold because Santa is so hot under those lights? <laughs> Santa outfit or is it just like it's just that it's just that cold in Canada (laughs) Uh, I mean either way it works Mm -hmm. so overall how did you feel about a Christmas village uh like I said I feel that I I I enjoyed the donity rim of it (laughs) I was not very invested in the romance but I would say it's realistic in in the sense that you're very rarely invested in other people's romances, Fair. which is healthy and good. <laughs> <laughs> because if you treated other people's romances like mm. these movies, oh my God. You'd be really weird. Yes. And I liked that the people in this movie treated other people's romances like that. Like they were happy yeah. to see them together, like people who were appropriately happy to see them together. Right. And other people did not care. Yeah. And- their own business that that has been one of um one of the things i think that is most like watching all the movies now so because this is number what nine or so um one of the themes that the new things that i've noticed this year that i haven't noticed so much in other years is how many movies have really leaned into older characters being unhealthily invested Mm -hmm. in younger characters getting it on yeah um where it's like where I, I don't know, like, I get it, like, you, you know, you meet people, then you think they'd be great together, and you just feel like, oh, man, if they could just get past themselves, they'd be fine. But no, like, yeah. several movies this year have been, like, old, and old people meaning, like, the sage old people of the movie, the the parents, the yeah. grandparents, the Miss, Mrs. Claus, and so on, doing, like, spending a whole lot of time, an unhealthy mm-hmm. amount of time, doing what they can to get these two characters to sexually be interested in mm-hmm. each other. And, and it's that's just a what it's it, it starts to dip into like psychological thrillers and horror at that exactly. point. Like when it's the whole town, it's horror. And when it's like the grandparents and stuff, it's psychological thrillers. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you should watch anything for Jackson, which is about grandparents. And it, yes. yeah, yeah. So it all ties in. Um, yeah. And I, again, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. I will say, I think uh, it's one that, you kind of have to listen to to realize what it's that it is doing some interesting things and having some fun with itself Mm -hmm. um it's not the prettiest looking one it's not the like it's not the one that i know a lot of people who watch these like where like they're you know they're visiting family for christmas and their family is watching these unironically but they want to kind of watch them and like laugh at them this mm-hmm. one, you like, it might not please others as much as it would please somebody with a bit of a sense of humor watching it for that, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised by how much I enjoyed this one. It, it did make me laugh. So. Hooray. Who knew? Uh, now, with that, Carol, um, when not, um, you know, falling in love with uh, people with terrible hair and, and head injuries, 
what what are you up to? What are you doing? Where can people find your work? Um, well, they can always find me at the Cultural Gutter, which is a website um, uh, dedicated to thoughtful writing about disreputable art. It's www.culturalgutter.com. And right now I have a piece up on my own site, Monstrous Industry, um, at wordpress.com uh, about uh, Travis Stevens' A Wounded Fawn. And I am very pleased with that oh, piece. I have not seen it yet, but I've heard wonderful things. I know you're a big fan. So I, good. I have not read your piece yet because I figured I should watch it first. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do have two paragraphs saying how much I love it that are spoiler free. But then I have like a billion words of how much I love it that are detailed. spoiler sure. f- detailed. Yes, that's okay. a good word for as it. As soon as I get around to it, I will go there to watch, to read. Yes. I, I will watch your words, which is the <laughs> way of reading that I, I did. Totally. Yeah. Uh huh. Fantastic. Well, it has been a pleasure having you. Um, I, I wish you a very nice ride on Santa's lap for the rest of the season. <laughs> Perhaps we can discover whether Santa is stripping for business or pleasure. <laughs> oh, isn't that the eternal question?